Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. Well, it's been forever since your talk on crew have been on. It's been a whole full dose of life with babies and weddings and work and even parole in some cases. That's right. <laughs> Looking at you, Tyler. <laughs> whole bunch of uh, change for the positive in most cases. Still, we've missed you all. And with any luck, you've missed us too. So much has happened. And just like you, we've been bouncing off the walls as Liverpool set records in their own historic title run versus Pep's Centurions. And funny enough, we have an inverse situation going on in Champions League in Europe. Liverpool in the final four again for the second year in a row, while Pep and his boys setting a different record. Pep's futility since he left the confines of Barca and the perfect sides. Back with me to think through the stretch run with so many great fixtures hopefully in the final seven. That's what we're saying. Seven, not six. We got Brian Painter. How you doing, Jeff? And uh, it's good to be back. And obviously uh, we're a little rusty at this, uh, at this, at this point after all the, uh, after all the uh, different things that have gone on with everybody on the pods life, but uh, it's good to be back, man. Uh, The Reds are flying and uh, yeah, I just can't be more happy to be talking about Liverpool football right now. Exactly. This isn't, the Hicks Gillette era. This isn't even the waning years of Rogers. This is Klopp at his best, team at his best. So nothing but fun. <clears throat> Absolutely. And, and, and Joey couldn't make this. So there's hardly any. <laughs> yeah, there's hardly any negative. And, you know, Lovren hasn't been playing. So we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> so getting right into it, we've got a few competitions still happening where things are getting more serious and it begins with the league. We've got a stretch run that is setting up versus City that, as we hope week to week, that City will misstep. They haven't. And City, I'm sure, assuming the same from Liverpool. So why don't we spend a minute taking a look at the final four games? And there's five, I think, in City's case. We've got Champions League. They do not. But they've got the FA Cup and the League Cup, I think, uh, or the FA Cup for sure. That's true, but I think it's outside of the league will be one of them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely going to be on a weekend. So it's it's not going to be in the run-in. It's going to be after the run-in. Beginning with City's stretch, they've got... With the shit boxes. Yeah, you've got, you've got City at United. It's a night match. And United, to Klopp's point, doesn't look a threat at all. And, you know, have been in their own folding inward since getting bounced out of Champions League by Barcelona. We'll get to that in a second. Painter, do you see any missteps or is this just another W to tack on? No, I think I think uh, City absolutely steamrolled them tomorrow. I mean, as Klopp says, like it, it, his quote was absolutely magic. He was taking the piss out of United and trying to G him up at the same time. You know, it's not something we can influence, and it does not look like United are in a place to do so either. <laughs> yeah. and, and I got to kind of, uh, you know, I, I have to kind of agree with Klopp. I mean, they got absolutely embarrassed against Everton uh, at the weekend for nothing. I mean, they weren't even in the game. I mean, Pogba looks like a shadow of himself. I mean, old Gunnar Solskjaer is uh, – you know the new the, the the new car smell has worn off old gunner and he's uh 
he's certainly not uh, living up to expectations. And I mean, they look a completely hapless side and, and good thing that, uh, you know, Arsenal and Chelsea lost at the weekend and, 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 or, uh, or Chelsea tied and uh, Spurs lost, uh, or they'd be completely out of the top four running. At least now they have something to play for tomorrow night, but I'm not expecting any miracles. And certainly, you know, the United fans don't, would much rather City win another title. God knows why. Um, well, I do know why. Than Liverpool. Um, but, you know, as uh, Virgil van Dyke said, they need to do themselves a favor and, uh, you know, and not worry about Liverpool. They could, they need to go out and secure top, their own top four uh, uh, position. Otherwise, they're not going to be in Champions League. And, and arguably, it could be a radically different team if that if that doesn't happen. I mean, you could see... Clubs come in for Rashford. Um, Pogba certainly is hinted or at least rumored to be wanting a move to Real Madrid. Um, their entire back line needs redone. Uh, Mata's on his way out. I mean, this could be, uh, you know, obviously Alexi Sanchez, we filed a missing persons report for him. He hasn't been on the, he hasn't been anywhere near the the starting 11 in, in, in months. Uh, I mean, this could be, you know, this could be a very big four you know, four matches for Man United. Uh, if they make the Champions League, then I think, you know, Solskjaer can hold them together, um, or at least their top players hold them in place, and then go out and attract some real talent. If they don't get it, I think you can see a mass exodus. And it wouldn't surprise me if it's De Gea, Pogba, Rashford, you know, to name, you know, three of their top players. Uh, and then at that point, it's a complete rebuild. And you're looking at, probably another three to four years before they're even really seriously, you know, considered again for, you know, one of the top six, uh, teams in, you know, in the premier league, I think he, they, they kind of pushed down similar to how Liverpool was after 08, 09, they kind of started pushing down towards, you know, eight, nine, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10, uh, types of league positions. So, but I don't expect city to have any trouble with United at, I think it's going to be, you know, easy as you come, job done, probably three, four, nothing. Uh, and then, you know, they're on to the next one at the weekend. Mate, you, Mate. you have not lost your ability to talk on. So I'm, <laughs> I appreciate this. This is good. You're, it's, I got a lot, I got a lot of pent up, uh, talk on, talk on. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a few months. We got a few things to say. Getting back to the tie. I think I'm going to be the, the positive influence on this. For all those reasons that you cite, including the salary structure they've that Woodward's putting in place will have them earn, the rumor is, 25% less if they don't make Champions League. And I don't know if that applies to this year or if that's next year going forward. If you look at how top four is playing out, I mean, of course, City and Liverpool at the top in the 3-4-5-6 position, separated by maybe two, three points, only at the wheel. He needs to produce a result. City are coming to them. Yeah. This this could be the fight for their lives. The, for the players that want to remain, stay at United. Could be a pivotal match. Yeah, well, it is a pivotal match for them. I just don't know if they have, you know, the stomach to to dig in and, and really grind out a result. Um, you know, it, I think Solshire will go for it. I think he'll put Rashford up top and... You know, I think they're definitely going to give it a go. Uh, but, you know, as we saw when once Everton hit him in the mouth, um, they folded like a house of cards. Uh, and 
I don't see them having the same resolve uh, that City will. Uh, they're you know, City's had a great resolve all season, uh, as you've you know, as we've seen. I just don't see. I just don't see how United get that that fire in the belly to go out and get a, get a result done. Now I could be wrong. It's a derby. Um, they've been humiliated at the weekend. Uh, they're still in a in a reasonable position to 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 challenge uh, for a top four spot, especially with Chelsea uh, with a match against Chelsea at the weekend. Uh, but realistically, if they're going to get top four, given them run ins from the for the other sides, uh, they're going to need at least ten out of twelve points. So they're going to need at least a draw out of this to maintain, you know, in my opinion, maintain the the potential for for challenging for a top four position. I just I I, I just have a hard time seeing where it comes from. Um, you know, maybe Pogba puts on his you know France jersey and runs out there and plays amazing. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I just don't see where they get it from. Um, and you know, I mean, there's a little positivity. De Bruyne looks out for the rest of the season. Uh, so, you know, he's obviously a, a world-class player. Uh, but I mean, city's so, yeah, city's so deep. I mean, you know, you drop Fernandinho in, you've got Silva, you've got both Silvas, um, you know, you got Gundawan. I mean, they're just loaded in that position and I, and everybody I just named is, exponentially better than anybody else that uh, United have in midfield too. So I just, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to be watching of course. Um, and I'm going to be hoping and praying, uh, we don't say, see the same shit United side that we saw in Everton at the weekend. But I think, I think we're grasping at straws to be honest with you. Uh, if we're expecting a result, uh, from United. Well, it, just to put a fine point on this, you look at the battle for fourth, I, I think Tottenham has, secured third place their form their form of champions league taking on city i i think they'll do just fine to win out at this point yeah but you can't say the same for arsenal you certainly can't say the same for united and chelsea right who knows that they're the it's that's that's like rolling the dice and you know you never know what you're going to get with them that's the thing that's that that's it's almost like battle for relegation but it's relegation within top four champions league europe so I think that's. I, I mean, Arsenal's a, yeah, Arsenal's a bag of nerves too, man. I mean, I don't know how you Mustafi earns a paycheck um, at this level. I mean, the, he was absolutely humiliated by Zaha at the weekend. <laughs> like he's absolutely shocking, and there was actually people quite considering Mustafi was better, uh, quote unquote, better than Virgil Van Dyke. I'm not even sure how you even make that, you know, that assertion. I mean, that was fucking. Uh, ridiculous but you do it yeah. for attention that's all yeah I can say. yeah right. yeah right i mean it's i mean you're right i think spurs are kind of kind of feeling strong in their position they've got an easy run in three out of their last four at home you kind of got to figure that spurs are gonna get over the line in third place and then really you know you gotta i, I would say arsenal's probably in the pole position given their run-in but they're Arsenal. Is much, but they're Arsenal, and they 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 don't they don't play well away from home. And this last result against Crystal Palace, they didn't play well at home. So, <clears throat> and then you got United and Chelsea at the weekend. So, you know, if I'm Solskjaer, I'm sitting there saying, "Hey guys, get get out of here with at least a draw," and we're still in this thing. Now, whether the players step up and respond, 
you know, that's a completely different topic. I don't think they will, but I'm praying they do. <laughs> well, as we, uh, as we, as we kind of play this out, so you've got the match tomorrow and a win would keep race for the title and they'll then creep one point ahead of Liverpool. And then we play again. We play Friday. Uh, Huddersfield comes to Anfield and that's a night match. And that's probably the easiest mailed in three points that you could come up with this year. And I'm sure Klopp will have the boys pumped up. Everything's a cup final sure. at this point in the season. So you can assume a win there. So that puts pressure back on city. We'll go to right. two points, clear them with a game in hand. And then they travel to Burnley on Sunday. So they're going to do, which is, which is not, which given Burnley's run of form right now, that's not an easy task. I mean, they tied Chelsea in that in right now on form. And I think in the last 15 or 16 matches, They've had the fourth best record in the Premier League. Uh, City, Liverpool, and Spurs, I think, are the only ones ahead of them um, in terms of the points secured uh, over the last 15, 16 matches. So Burnley's definitely getting back to the form they had last year. And, you know, they're playing well and it's at home. And, you know, you can make an argument that that's going to be City's toughest test between now and the end of the season. Maybe City put in a draw. Maybe they blow all three points, which creates the opportunity for Liverpool to come back, which our next match is Barcelona. Uh, we're not even back in the league until, yeah. until that Saturday. You know, if City were to not achieve a result at Turf Moor, they've got to wait all week, yeah, all week, knowing that they're exposed. And then Liverpool, you know, they're going to do their Barcelona thing. But the challenge is, like, you know, whatever we do at Barca, we're going away to Barca, of course, night match on Wednesday the 1st, May 1st. Yep. But then we're back Saturday, three days later, at Newcastle at night. Now, Rafa... Against Rafa. Rafa was a red earlier in the year. <laughs> we appreciate that. <laughs> but we need him one more time because we couldn't take advantage of it with all of our drops. <laughs> Right. I would love to. I'd love to see Rafa put out all the kids because uh, they're secure. They're home and dry right now. They're staying up, and you know, I wouldn't. It, it it would just be awesome if if we were in. You know, if we had the lead going into a, to play Newcastle, and Rafa basically said, "I'm going to play all the youngsters to get to, uh, minutes in their legs and experience in their legs." That would be absolutely awesome. I don't think he'll do that. To be fair, I think he's an ultimate professional, and I think he'll come out and challenge us um like he always uh does uh but i i would i wouldn't put it i wouldn't put it past them to see uh a all youngster under 23 type of team against liverpool which would be fucking great yeah, uh, he's, but, he, he's uh, secure he's not going down so why not right so like you gotta you know you, you gotta see what you have you, you know he's not getting money in the transfer window that's obviously actually he's not giving him shit so he might want to sack out who's in his under 23 side <laughs> <laughs> to see who he can bring up um or at least that's what i'm hoping for anyways uh but i mean if you think about that jeff like right now the lead has changed hands 27 times already this season only one other time in 0102 uh has uh the lead changed more times uh in a season that was 28 so if this goes you know ping pong back and forth for the next you know couple matches we will have set a record for how many times the lead has changed in a season uh and it looks like you know we're probably gonna set that record because city are definitely gonna smash united um in my opinion 
and then we're going to smash Huddersfield. Uh, so two more times, and we set the record at 29 lead changes in a season. So that's crazy to think about how tight this race is. It really is. It really is. And, and if you think of the – so City will come out of their toughest period after they play Burnley, go to Turf Moor, and then we go on the road and, and go face-to-face with our toughest run through these final few matches. So Wednesday at Barca, night match – Liverpool don't get back till, you know, Thursday afternoon, dead tired, then prepare for a match on Saturday afternoon. Or excuse me, Saturday looks like a uh, an evening match, but still at Newcastle away. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be tricky for Liverpool. I don't know how Klopp pulls that off. Rotation in the midfield, God forbid, in our line of well, defense. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't, it's a great, it's a great shot. I don't know how he'll set up. I mean, you're, you're assuming he's going to go hell to leather on, on Wednesday um, against Barca. Uh, you know, he, uh, you know, he might play conservative. He might give the Brexit midfield another run out. We've seen him do that away from home in the champions league this season. Uh, it hasn't worked that well uh, except to Porto uh, in you know, the last, you know, in the last round, but in the, you know, in the group stages, I mean, we were shelled away from home or we played poor, not shelled, but we played poorly away from home with that midfield. Um, but I don't think given Jordan Henderson's emergence uh, further forward that he is going to put Jordan anywhere but further forward. Yeah. So we can be assured that even if he does, you know, go a, uh, with a midfield of Millie and Henderson, it's going to be with Fabinho as the holding midfielder, in my opinion. But, and I don't think he'll do that, but I, I could, I could definitely see <clears throat> us um, going to put out a very strong lineup uh, with, you know, for, for Barca and then have to go and then have to go to, and then have to go to United. <laughs> um, speaking of kids uh, and whatnot. <laughs> Yeah, I got a uh, got got my newborn sitting in the background. So yeah, I've taught him to be quiet, but he's still a newborn. So yeah, but congratulations, by the way. Thanks. Buddy. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully he's donning a, uh, a Champions League title and uh, and a league title in his first uh, first year as a Liverpool supporter. <laughs> yeah, what a way to set up for a lifetime of disappointment! Like first, first experience, them taking on the title, then what happened? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, no. So anyway, we're at, at the business end of Liverpool season, uh, away at Barca on Wednesday, and then back at Newcastle Saturday. Klopp, to your point, is going to go with first choice midfield, Fabinho yes. in the holding role. You'll have Henderson, maybe Wijnaldum, or maybe uh, Keita, and then you save Wijnaldum for Saturday at Newcastle. Uh, and Wijnaldum, plenty, plenty capable in the holding role versus the Dross. I, I think he'll be just fine in that match. Then we're back to full strength with Barca coming back to Liverpool on Tuesday. So play Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I wonder... Host, host Barca, hell for leather, to your point, <laughs> Tuesday night. Yeah, I, wonder, I wonder how Ox plays into this, right? Um, whether he's back fit. You know, because he could play like a serious role in... Um, you know, in the Newcastle game, right? I know he wasn't on the bench at the weekend, but, you know, he's supposed to be back and fit. And he certainly he certainly is good enough to play the attacking midfield role against Newcastle and get us a result. So um, you wonder where wonder if he's going to play a role here with these last couple games to go. Um, because I do think you're going to go Keita 
uh, Hendo and Fabinho at Barcelona. And then they're going to need to go again probably the following week at home because uh, we're probably going to need, you know, at least a couple goals when, you know, when Barca come to town to uh, to overturn that tie and get us into the final. We got to go first choice when they, they come to Anfield. And, you know, it's about holding serve that Saturday versus Newcastle. But to your point, in our hope, maybe Rafa will throw us a bone again. <laughs> well, I mean, even, but I mean, even if like, let's say, let's say he goes Keita, Fabinho, Hendo in midfield, that means you've got Millie, Genie and Ox, you know, in your midfield or Shaq in your midfield, you know, against Newcastle, which, which should be well good enough to get a, get a result at Newcastle. Right. I don't see John Joe Shelby popping up with a, you know, popping up to over, you know, with a screamer although he does like a great goal against us um from time to time so um but i mean you would think that rotation would work right and save keita hendo and in uh you know and fabinho for barca the second round but then again if we're leading the league right going into newcastle do you, do you go and take fabinho and play him again against newcastle i you know maybe Right. I mean, like you, at that point, if you've got the lead going into Newcastle, you got to kind of go hell to leather. Right. <laughs> and just say, hey, boys, you got to suck it up and get it done. And we're starting strong and, and, and off we go. I don't know. I mean, it's a really interesting situation, especially if the results turn in our favor before the Newcastle match um, in the league. You know what I mean? Withstand this and produce results within this period, I think it's going to say everything for trophies or not you know, do we take home the title or not? Because I think City set up the next two matches to skip a step. Hopefully De Bruyne out team tired, a lot of games in a short period. Hopefully that gets to them and playing away is obviously our best hope of, of them seeing a negative result. But as we look past, if that's even possible, look past Barcelona when they come to Anfield on the seventh, Tuesday, the seventh. Yeah. Uh, then we've got Wolves to finish out the year. You know, we've got plenty of rest in between one and the other. I don't see us losing that either. Uh, I think we can handle Huddersfield. We can handle Newcastle. And we can, I'm sure, um, with the Wolves at Liverpool versus us traveling to them, game set match, we're, we're winning out. I know. I mean, I think we'll, I, the only thing I'll say is Wolves, is Wolves are playing well. They're a good side. Um, they're fighting for the last Europa League spot, though, with Watford and Leicester. So, and it may come down, you know, that seventh position, that may come down to uh, that last game of the season. And, you know, Wolves would certainly love to be in Europe next year, um, given the fact that they were just promoted. Uh, they're having a great season. And, you know, again, I think if they're playing for that, I think that could add a little bit of, tension <laughs> um to the match because they're certainly going to come out and want to get a result so they uh can position themselves in the europa league spot so um i do though think if we're playing for the title and we're in the pole position we're going to come out and, and anfield is just going to be absolutely a a cauldron of you know uh it's i i, I want to be there and i do have 
uh, a hotel booked uh, that weekend in Liverpool uh, so that I can be there for the celebration when we win it. Um, I'm not sure I'll get a ticket, but if that happens, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the red eye to Liverpool on uh, on Friday night after work. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to be there for that weekend. That's what you can bet your bottom dollar on that. But, uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, wolves are always a tough side. They're a quality. They've got good strikers. They've got a good midfield, um, Matinho, uh, and Neves, you know, the Portuguese uh, midfield is, is strong. Uh, their strikers are great. Um, although they copy all of our songs, which I still haven't figured out. Um, uh, why an interesting one. They come to Anfield, try to sing their version of a <laughs> right? or, or the Firmino song for Jimenez. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I just, I, you know, like, come on guys, you know, figure it out, create your own songs. They're a decent sized club. They should be able to sort that out. But, um, you know, so I think though, if we're, if we're going in with, you know, a shot at the title, um, specifically if we're leading, um, going into that last match, I, I think we're just going to absolutely throttle whoever we're in front of. Because uh, I don't think this team, you know, this team has proved time and time again that they rise to the challenge. Well, speaking of Champions League, perfect segue. Let's talk about that matchup. Barcelona. It's a dream matchup, I think, for any Liverpool supporter that lived through Suarez leaving and Coutinho and all of his fake in the back injury. And I think it's a dream matchup from my point of view, from most supporters' point of view. I think it's going to be the highest drama. And that's I think why I worry the most, given that stretch run with Newcastle in the middle. There's going to be emotions in this, no no question about it, right? Uh, Suarez loves Liverpool. He said it, and you've seen him. He's come back. Uh, he's been he's been in you know Legends games. He's been in you know he was in Stevie's uh, you know uh, what do you call it, game? I mean he he's totally gonna have you know emotions running high and he's such a competitor though um you know i think he'll channel that into um you know drive um in in effort and then you know phil this is going to be his first time back to liverpool since last you know since he left last january i'm not so sure like how he's going to react whether the pressure whether the pressure um is going to get to him um, because you know that Liverpool fans and supporters are going to be sitting there giving him um, shtick. I don't, I don't, I know everybody says they're not going to boo or they're not going to give him hell, but they're going to give him hell, right? Anything to get him off the game uh, and anything, anything to get him thinking about it. And, liver, and, and, and to be fair, Phil's going to want to come back and put on a performance. Um, but again, can he handle the emotion? Can he handle the, the stage of the event, uh, I'm not sure. He's, to be fair, he's never played in a big game in his life. Um, you know, I know he won a, a La Liga title last year, but he was a bit part player for the second half of that season for the most part. Um, you know, he's he's never played in a Champions League semifinal, certainly not with Liverpool. Um, he did have the run in with Liverpool in 13-14, but by and large, you know, He's never played in this magnitude of a game. Coming back to the team, you know, that he just left. I mean, there's going to be a lot of emotions for Phil. And it'll be interesting to see how he reacts to the environment. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the Liverpool supporters react to Phil coming back. I don't think they're going to – I think Suarez is going to be, you know, 
I don't think they're going to have any ill will towards Suarez. I think he's going to be lauded and applauded and praised. I'm still the verdict is still out for me on what's going to happen uh, to Coutinho. Well, I think well, you've, I think you've mentioned it. That is what's going to happen. He's the most sensitive player on that team. You can say that by an order of magnitude. He is a sensitive and, player. And to all your points about he hasn't had success at this level yet. Uh, he left Liverpool arguably because he didn't have enough. Went to Barcelona. You know, got himself sure. <laughs> participants medal for being being at least on the team when when they won Copa and um, yeah. So. Coutinho coming back, I, I think the emotions might just get to him. It might be too much. I mean, coming back to an important Champions League tie in Anfield where the atmosphere is like tuned against him. Like atmosphere is going to be complimentary to Suarez, but you know, still they want Liverpool to win in the worst way. It's almost support for why these players have left and that they don't have it as good coming back. And it's a huge, obviously step in the right direction for Klopp if he's able to produce a win versus European giants like Barcelona. So, wow. I mean, just even if he's, I mean, he's gotten us to two Champions League uh, semifinals in a row. Um, you know, obviously with a win, he takes us to our second consecutive Champions League final. Uh, he's got us in contention for the league title. Uh, he's got us on the most, uh, what will be the most points ever in Liverpool's Premier League history. Um, I mean, you start adding up the check boxes. Uh, the only thing that's missing is that elusive title. And I think this team is laser focused and has the wherewithal to, to get one of these two, if not both of them over the line. Um, and, you know, I know Barcelona is going to be a hell of a matchup. Uh, they've got the King, um, you know, on that, on their team and Messi, and he's been absolutely lights out this season. Um, kind of, a kind of a renaissance if you will um you know he didn't have a great season last season by his standards um and this season he's just absolutely been lights out so taking over you know games you got single yeah yeah it's, it's been absolutely embarrassing yeah embarrassing players i mean i i think St phil jones is still looking for his ass um in the midfield um after <laughs> after Messi went right around him and basically absolutely tooled him and then megged him on his way to the goal <laughs> i mean it was it was yeah absolutely amazing so they've got the x factor in Mex Messi, and if he's on fire i there's nobody that can play with him in the world uh so you know again i think we match up probably better than most against them but in the same respects, you know, they've got Barcelona. the X factor. Yeah, they've got the X factor in Messi and he makes them a completely different side. Yeah, I, I think they come in with clearly the advantage with best player in the world. There's just no doubt about that in Messi's case. We've got a lot of excellent players and Salah with all his accolades last year had an incredible season, set records for himself. Still doesn't approximate Messi. Messi's just on a clear different level. Oh, of course. But behind Messi, I mean, of course, you've got aging Suarez, not as fast as he used to be, but still has got the work rate and man's a proven winner. So you worry about him. <laughs> and then how Valverde is going to handle the left side is would he even ponder a Dembele for Coutinho <laughs> while he's in, in this two-way tie with Liverpool? I. <laughs> Like I yeah I don't think I don't I think he's gonna play Coutinho. He played him in the last round against United. Now, granted, Coutinho's also uh, uh, also had some 
some blinders against United, specifically in Europe when he chipped a hay on the goal line <laughs> um, to win to win the game to win the tie for Liverpool. So um, I can see why he plays him there. Uh, there's also something to be said where you know Trent is not going to let Coutinho outrun him down the flank, but as we've seen last game, even against Cardiff, you know, that big winger, I don't even know who the hell he was, but man, was he a unit. He got around the corner on Trent a couple times. Uh, and if there was somebody that was going to do that, um, Dembele certainly has the pace to get down the flank, uh, get a ball in. So he might be tempted to play Dembele. I think he'd probably be tempted to play Dembele uh, at home uh, as opposed to away. I think Phil gives... I because I because I, I think if you if you get into a track meet away from home against Liverpool, they we have the weapons to hurt you. And I think what Phil can do is step on the ball, knock it around, play little one twos, you know, and, and retain possession, which is exactly what you want to do you know, when you're away from home. Um, you don't want to get in a track meet at Anfield against Liverpool. Like we've seen how that worked out for Dortmund, um, pretty much any side since you know, Klopp has shown up um, in Europe that's come to Anfield and wanted to get in a track meet with us. Yep. So we all appreciate that this isn't just a one and done, like meeting them in the final. It, it, I, I think all of us would much rather have Barcelona in a two-way tie versus just single one game. Do we show up or not, given all of our struggles in finals last three? Yeah. So... We have and Klopp's not, by the way, Klopp's nine for nine in, in two legged ties in Europe. Oh, yeah. You got it. So will, there's that. <laughs> will, will that hold up against this vaunted team? Uh, I think it's going to be just <laughs> riveting to watch, especially with Newcastle thrown in the middle. Do we have any predictions coming out of this? I mean, is there any other way to go other than the sentimental favorite, what we all want, Liverpool in a Champions League final for the second year in a row? Um, you know, I think. I think it's a coin toss right now, to be honest with you. Like I, I can, I, I can make an argument for Barca. I can make an argument for Liverpool. And I think both of them would be sound. Um, I do think that, uh, you know, the midfield is going to be the most interesting battle considering uh, Busquets and Rakitic are, you know, not spring chickens. Um, and it's going to be a super intense game and the one thing that you know this new midfield has uh with fabinho uh hendo and keita is a lot of running in it um and, and then you can when you can substitute out uh milner uh and you can substitute out you know other folks in that midfield um that can run for days as well like genie um, it could be a battle of attrition in that in central midfield. And I think that's where we might have some advantage, but you know, there's still quality players and Busquets has been one of the best for the last decade. And, you know, he's, he's quality, no doubt about it, but I think we might be able to outlast them in midfield in terms of, you know, just the pace of what this game is going to be played at. Top to bottom, you know, it's going to be a tough 11 versus 11 battle with Barcelona and the depth, sure. the depth is there. I see Milner coming on as an enforcer uh, to your point about rotation in the midfield, maybe 
60, 70th minute, you bring Miller on to tighten things up, you know, put an elbow in somebody. Same thing, <laughs> same thing that, that Vidal will come in and do, you know, almost certainly. So sure. I think it'll be I think it'll be fascinating to see how Alba um and you know Um T D and those guys deal with our front three. Uh, you know, Alba Alba is a great defender. He's been one of the best defenders in the world. Um, but he likes to get forward. Uh, and I don't know if he's going to be busting down the flank if he knows Salah's sitting there ready to, you know, take it down, take it the other way, right, with the counterattacking yep. prowess that Liverpool have. Now, the one thing I will say is Barca, you know, love to be on the attack and have the possession. And that plays right into Liverpool's counterattack. So if you wanted to talk about styles that fit, what we want to do their style Barca style fits exactly what Liverpool wants to do from, you know, from an attack um, and a counterattack perspective, just like city last year when city had all that possession and we broke on them time and time again, we did the high press, um, you know, and we won the ball back uh, very quickly. So I think it's set up for us to, to, to have a very good outing. It's just the quality that's, you know, on the other side, uh, and the X factor of Messi that, you know, has got me the most concerned. Yep. But to your point about Klopp and his success, nine in a row in two-way ties in Europe, that's huge, which also suggests the man knows how to prepare for this, especially a meaningful set semifinal in the Champions League that means so much. So it'd be very interesting to see him versus Valverde, who's got the better tactical adjustment. How do they respond? How do they leverage squad depth? At key mo- in key moments, just so much to watch. Can't wait for it. So why don't we move into just some final topics to round out sure. the time, and we'll uh, call it a pod. So beginning with <laughs> beginning with player of the year. So you've got Virgil Van Dyke that has been the reason that we're progressing so far in Champions League, and obviously in this historic title run with City with twenty six different lead changes. Is it just a deadlock for him? And why, if Salah is towards the top of goal scorers, was he not nominated? Is it an either or? How do you see it? I well, for on Salah, first on Salah, I think Salah's a victim of his own success. I mean, you don't come off a season where you score 30 plus goals, you know, 40, whatever, 44 in all competitions. And then you show up, you have 19 league goals as opposed to, you know, tying the record for the most league goals in a season. Um, you know, it just, he's got 24 on the season versus 44 from last season. I mean, I just think he's a victim of his own success. Um, if you look at the other players that made that list of six, I, I think six finalists, Bernardo Silva, who has had a great year. But if you look at his statistical contributions, it pales in comparison to Salah and they play the same position. If you look at Eden Hazard, sure Eden Hazard um has more assists um you know than than Salah and, and but he's got less goals, right? And if you it, but you could argue that Hazard you take Hazard off of Chelsea and they're getting relegated. <laughs> um, uh you know, so there's a there there's arguments to be made. I just think that by and large Salah is a victim of his own success. And for me you know, you can sit here and say Sterling um, is has got a shout at, a, a shot at it, but I mean, 
Virgil van Dyke has tr- transformed a Liverpool defense from w- one of the most bang average in the league. Uh, they've only, you know, to one of the best. They've given up 20 goals on the season. They have 19 clean sheets. Um, they're on pace to set the record for Liverpool, uh, the most clean sheets in Liverpool history. I think Pepe Reina had 20 uh in oh four or oh five one of those two um so again i look at it and you know some of that can be down to allison but let's be let's be clear allison hasn't had a whole lot to do most games uh if we're honest right so uh the other thing that we were talking about on the slack channel uh why is it that we're all talking about how awesome matip has been why is it that when Lover come Lovren came in he looked like a different player. Why is it that, you know, Joe Gomez, you know, all of a sudden now, is, you know, his first season playing uh, center half looks fantastic. I don't think that's coincidence. I think that's because they've got the big fella sitting next to him, um, telling him where to be and how to, you know, how to position themselves and, 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 and when to go, when to stay, you know, that type of thing. So for me, I, I don't think there's any, clearer choice uh, for player of the year than Virgil van Dyke. And anybody who says different is just wrong. <laughs> yeah, when, you, when you run out of superlatives for the guy in January, that that's a pretty clear indication that this player, you, you run out of words to describe the guy. That's how monstrous he's been to this side. And it gets us to yeah, our last, last topic. I'm just going to breeze right by the Degsy versus the Mata versus the Gomez Phillips garbage can. And just let that float on by. <laughs> Let's talk about Hamas Milner, shall we? Hamas Hamas <laughs> is out of contract. Does he well, renew him for a few years, or what does he do? One hundred percent. Like you, I mean, I, I don't know why we're even questioning it. I mean, the guy is a physical specimen. He was the most in shape person uh, on the team when they came back for training. He is. He's getting up there in years, so I get it. He's 32. Um, but physically, uh, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's in his 20s, like physically, right? I mean, the guy is, guy is a physical specimen. He's playing at a top level. I mean, from a squad player perspective, from a leadership point of view, um, you know, I just think you got to keep him around the locker room. This team is not going away anytime soon like if you look at like our core players you've got Mane, Sala, Firmino all 26, 27 uh, Hendo's, Hendo's 28 um, Genie's 26 Fabinho's 24 Kate is 23 Virgil's 26 like Robbo and Tr- Trent's obviously you know just turned 20 Robbo's 24 Gomez is 21 Allison's what 25 I mean having Milner around uh, that is so versatile that you can plug and drop into multiple positions. Uh, a leader in the locker room, he sets the tone. Uh, I'm sure in practices around work rate and fitness. Um, I, I I think you give him a contract, you pay him 150 grand or whatever the hell he wants, um, just to keep him in uh, in and around the team. Uh, and then he does a job whenever you ask him to at any position you ask him to. So for me. 100%. He's been awesome. One of my favorite players on this Liverpool side. And I was, I'm was i surprised I'm saying that 
because I was not impressed when we signed him on a free a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was uh, Roger's era. You can just leave that where it is. But it, Milner, for me, he's shown age this year. I mean, the first half of the season, he really had a hard time getting up and down those sidelines. And Klopp did a better job, I think, last year of selectively using him and conserving his physical capacity. This year, it was a little bit different because we had so much indecision in the midfield. Klopp really hasn't settled on a midfield since he did sort of by accident with the Keita Fabinho and, you know, who's going to fill the third role? Is it Wijnaldum or somebody else? So he's played an important role, no doubt. Uh, that penalty kick last week in particular. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, he just kind of said, hey, Salah, I get it, but I'm knocking this home. We're taking a 2-0 win back to Anfield. You know, thanks very much. And uh, I'll see you on the bus. <laughs> yeah, I think it makes- and that, that, that celebration at the end was fucking great. Like the old limping on the cane. Yeah. Uh, that was that was magic. <laughs> yeah, he's 33, just to clear that part up. But uh, 33. He, he is no question a leader on the team, and the team's full of leaders. That's why it makes me wonder, is that 150 k a week better spent with somebody else? But if Milner is on the path to coach, and he can act as a player manager to kind of build that skill set, maybe not play as much, but certainly lead and be an example yeah, in mean, the dressing room, like, you know, might not be the wor- worst investment. I don't know how many games he's gotten this season, but I'm, I'm assuming it's probably close to close to 30, 35, even if he replicates, I mean, which he hasn't played a ton. I mean, most of his recent appearances um, have been substitute appearances. So if that continue in, in, in his early season, I think the reason he was starting early in the season primarily was because Keita and Fabinho just weren't ready to go. Right. And you had Ox out and you, you know what I'm saying? Like you had Lalana out, like you had a bunch of injuries that really, not saying that Lalana is anywhere near Milner, but I'm just saying that like he was lights out in the beginning of the season. He did a job there. He's coming in right back. He's done a job. Um, he's obviously can do a job at left back. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem. And I think, you know, we'd be foolish to let him go because he's going to go play and be great for somebody else next season. And I'd rather have and keep the team chemistry together. Uh, and he just provides that level of leadership, uh, that I think, you know, the team respects and that, that we need, quite frankly, if we're going to continue, you know, to challenge year in, year out. Well, time, oh. time will tell him, man. We've got, uh, <laughs> we got six, hopefully seven matches that will, I think, determine that fate and a lot of others. So that has been it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I, I know it's been forever. Life is a thing. We uh, promise to get back. Don't know if we've got any promises in the short term for that, but just as we're paying attention to the results and are glued to the television and the pubs with fellow supporters watching this this stretch run, it's going to be special. And who knows, you might just hear us again before the end of the year. (laughs) Paints, thanks for coming on. And as usual, talk on. Talk on. 